This week, the Dick and Ham Show is sponsored by Snake Gun for Android and iPhone and Paul, Paul and Frenchman Lawyers. If you need help with your tax or if you've killed someone, talk to Paul and Paul and French. They speak your language and French. They're, they're, law, they're lawyers, but they, they help you with your tax as sure. in like getting out of a tax debt scenario? Sure, they're also accountants. They're flexible. You know, it's Paul and oh, Paul and French. They flex gig, mm-hmm. gig economy. That's the gig economy. Full right service. Now. Yeah, they've been, they've been friends of the show for years, Andrew. Don't don't bite the hand that feeds you, you know? So it's fine when it's Bezos where we've got to tread carefully, but when it's these guys, you're just, you're just happy to shit all over them. Well, I raised the question about our other sponsor, Snake Gun, which I'm pretty sure I looked up and is no longer in the Play Store. So, isn't it? Must be. It, I don't think it is. Uh, so, when you say for Android and iPhone, you might want to just change it to iPhone. Although we could just get somebody QA whether it's in the Apple Store. Yeah, that's actually a shame because the the iPhone version is shit. The Android version was the only version that was good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Dave, you should um, you should pitch it to uh, pitch it to Quibi. They might give you like a hundred million dollars to turn it into like a short series. Uh, you know, quite unbelievably. So I obviously abandoned the Snake Gun project a while ago. I, I I made a bunch of good changes, but then I couldn't quite get it over the line, so I just didn't bother. So and it's just been sitting there. Unbelievably, yeah, unbelievably. And look, it was moderately successful. It had like 5,000 downloads, which was more than what I expected would happen. And a bunch of people played it and some people reviewed it. And some people accurately reviewed it with one or two stars. Some other people (laughs) were were more kind. People who knew me were more kind. But I checked the email address, snakegun at gmail.com. And there there was someone who'd written to me saying, hey, you're interested in selling the property to us and we'll monetize it. We'll do shit with it. But you have to sell it to us and you've got a deadline. And I hadn't checked it in like nine months. Oh, no. The deadline had passed. I wrote to him like, yeah, yeah, I'll sell it. I'll sell it. Didn't hear back. So it could, have, could have been rich right now on snake gun money. Could have been the new, uh, could have been the new Fortnite, Andrew. Some, in some ways, yes. Well, yeah, it's a very good, very good topical reference. And I mean, the other thing you could do is just claim that it's, it's hosted in China and then maybe you'll be forced to sell snake gun franchise to Microsoft or Oracle. Yeah. That could be a good way out. Oracle is a bizarre company to purchase that. It does not line up with what I understand their business to be about. It's very, it's very strange. Yeah, but it may, maybe it's like General Electric Bell and you find out that they secretly like own tobacco, Facebook and like a jean shorts company. You know, you never know. Yeah, that they might. Yeah, or, or that they worked out that the, the talk part of TikTok actually, you know, is helps you discover how to travel at light speed or something. It's just that yeah, that yeah, one last true. breakthrough that they needed to plug it in. The dancing algorithm. The, the ninth dimension. Yeah, it's all about dancing. Dancing seems to be a core skill set for kids in a way that it didn't used to be. Like being a good dancer has a lot of a lot of social cachet and importance. Uh, other than just not being an awkward, you know, loser, it actually means something to to dance whether you play games. There's a lot I don't understand. So it's uh, it's Sam and Andrew and David this week. No ranch, no camp. The uh, the both of them been up watching NFL. They have withdrawn their services because they're too tired from staying up to watch American football. What do, what do we make of that? It's not great. Uh, it's it's so poor. Like you know, they signed a contract. You gotta you gotta meet those requirements. I would have thought. Uh, I'm not a commercial lawyer, but yeah, I mean they're they're happy to take the money, right? Yeah, happy of course to take they are. the money, of but, then, they are. but yeah, yep. I mean. 
Well, there's, there's laurels being rested upon. Like last week was obviously a huge success, best show ever, and they think that that's enough. They just coast on that. You can't you can't dine on out on episode 10 forever. You know, it's a fickle game. Yeah, also, look, it's the era of podcast star entitlement. You know, we've seen it with LeBron and those guys, and it's very similar with us. Um, and some guys get carried away. And I'm afraid that's happened with, with uh, Boots and Hugh. They're trying to put together a super team of podcasters to start their own thing somewhere else. I guess the good news is that we get to do an NBA finals preview without boots and just get it kind of wrong <laughs> in a way that will infuriate him. So that's, that's, that's one of the upsides. As for Ranch, I just, just don't know. Don't know if he's still part of the team or not. It's uh, it's, it's upsetting. And he's, he needs to be better. I mean, simple as that. Uh, but there's a lot to talk about. Include There's more mailbag. I know, I know it's a bit of a traditionary mailbag. There's some surprise mailbag that I haven't. And it's not, it's not like the, the professor who wrote in about blackjack. This is, this is real. Is it? <laughs> it seems like a lot of people are using pseudonyms or, or third parties to dress up what is genuine feedback direct from that human. Like Tom used his son as a fucking, as a, a Potemkin fucking human. And then you, you invented Dr. fucking Glenn von Strasberg or whoever the fuck that <laughs> Professor Professorson. <laughs> yeah. So uh, who who is it feigning nonsense this week? What have we got? Well, first of all, can I say that I, I enjoy the fact that we run with mailbag at the top of the show quite often, whereas it's often the one thing people only care about. And probably if we were to keep the listener attention, we probably should leave it to the end. And do the wide world of sports model of showing, showing the motorboat crash that might be on in five minutes or might be on in five hours, but you just have to yeah. fucking wait. Yeah, that's right. Well, it's what the fans want, and, and that's we're in the business of giving what they want. Now, this one, we said we'd do it last week. We ran out of time. It's from our friend Rat. Uh, it, it's a little out of date now, so I won't, I won't cover some of it because we've, we've, we've been over that turf. He, he points to the fact that he lived with Sam once. We know, we know that, Rat. We, we, we visited yep. you guys when you lived together. That's no, no surprise. To our discussion about '90s booze, which I think that was your last episode, Andrew. Your last appearance might have been the uh, the '90s. In the '90s, the '90s yep, alcohol right. episode. Yeah, it was in '99. Was the last time I was on the show. Yeah, and Ranch is saying, uh, sorry, Rat is saying. I can record this. This is our chance, Andrew. This is our chance. Just record it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we're all right. All right. We're breaking news on. <laughs> Breaking news on Dick and Ham. We have axed key sponsors Snake Gun because it's a fucking bullshit go nowhere game. We've also booted Dave because, you know, he's a pussy. I got to tell you, Andrew and I couldn't be happier to be out on our own. It's something we've talked about for a long time. <laughs> yeah, a lot of responsibility right. with it. But the other guys at Deadwood, really, Dave, uh, no one wants to say it, but I mean, he's not great at this. And so it's time for us to break out on our own. And, um, a lot of interest from some of our sponsors coming over with us as well. I feel like, you know, it, in a, a kind of a reverse scenario, maybe, you know, we were in the Beatles, but now we've gone out and formed wings. We've really hit our straps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're probably possibly commercially more successful, but definitely not as good alternative band. Yep. 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 I mean, you've got to cut your <clears> teeth <throat> yeah. somewhere. Did you just compare the original podcast crew from Dick and Ham to the Beatles? Well, that's what I was saying. I was saying we, we started off, we broke out. We broke out of the Beatles yeah, to form okay. Paul so, McCartney yeah. and Wings. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. Who's Linda McCartney in this metaphor? Jenny. Yeah, Dave. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, I'm, pretty sure, um, I'm pretty sure Wings are on the record as having played the biggest crowd ever. Oh, right. 
they they played a show in like Rio de Janeiro or something like one hundred eighty five thousand people or some some number that you just like is that come on <laughs> you know like what well, it must have just been in a paddock <laughs> you know. Is there possibly a nuclear explosion in downtown Oslo? What has happened here? Look, I don't know. You know, when Dave was in Norway visiting me on a somber note. So when Dave was in New York visiting me, I came into work one morning and that Norwegian guy had done that like unbelievable massacre, like while, while he was in. Yeah. That was bad. How's the, um, how's the Trump tax return stuff, Andrew? Yeah, once again, you think everything's going to be the fucking silver bullet or the thing that breaks the case. No, no, nah, it's not. Feeling it's not. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's not. No, nah. but yeah, still he's, interesting. It's just he's a so, shit business. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's, that's right. He started another one. So will we get an invite yeah. or something? What do I know about these? Yeah. My main thing is is that he somehow recorded all of the abuse stuff. Yeah, I hope so. Well, otherwise we're going to have to do it again. Recorded, recorded this bit of <laughs> this one. <laughs> Sam and Andrew freestyling. I'm just sick of Dave's shit. Oh, hey, Dave. Hey, you fucking, you've oh, been there the whole time. You've been there the yeah, whole time. Yeah. We fucking we kicked it. We kicked it off properly and you know, covered a few topics. We we I, abandoned. We immediately abandoned Snake Gun as the sponsor of our pod. So, uh, yeah. Dave, um, Andrew and I made a couple of sweeping changes while you were gone. So, <laughs> uh, good, good. Uh, what, what were yeah. they? Uh, you still need to do all the work doing the edits and all that, but uh, we're in charge now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the change is not as, as major as you would have thought. It's just basically a power. It's an overthrow. Yeah, that's, that's all it is. Just, yeah. just a Reichstag fire and then subsequent uh, leadership spill. Yep. Yeah, there's a lot, of, a lot of talk about points. I don't really know what points are, but I think we've got more of them now. Andrew, Andrew will explain to me after. Yep. I was wondering yeah, we talked about points if people would know what that was. It's percentage points of ownership for people who are wondering. What about yeah, what about commish? Four four fifths commish. Yeah. Four fifths commish. So the last bit I had when I before I crashed was sewer Trent Rat. Yeah, we skipped right over that because we couldn't give a fuck about him. Yeah, uh, no, we're we're actually just gonna leave that. There's nothing much in there, but there's two that are noteworthy that I wanna I wanna go through. One of them is from the great man, Mark Lawrence. I'm excited by this. You, you gave me a hint about this um, in pre-production. Yeah, so his letter goes as, as follows. Let me commend you all on your fine work. In these isolated times, I found the general waffle and familiar voices cheering. Please keep it up. I'm partway through episode nine. I enjoy the weekly segment focused on the condemnation of LinkedIn. Additionally, the team's recommendations and insightful synopsis of TV shows has yielded some excellent outcomes. I did stumble across Indian Matchmaker on Netflix the other week. Got through it in two sittings. Very engaging. Yes, good. Yeah, so we're just we're up to date on Mark's TV watching. That's that's good. Some notes from previous episodes. Okay. Well, here's one for you, Andrew. While acknowledging that these recordings often happen late at night, I was still disappointed when your live researcher could not recall the truck make and model of the Back to the Future trilogy. <laughs> I remain surprised. But to my to, to my knowledge, this omission has yet to be rectified by another panelist or a member of your discerning list of community. For the record, it was a 1985 Toyota Hilux SR5 Extra Cab. So now that's that's okay. a mystery solved. Now we know. Well, apologies, Mark. Yeah, it's it's a it's a bit yeah yeah not good enough by us. I, I thought we cleared it up. Maybe it came out in the in the poor edit by um, scenario that we have in the, 
I, I thought the Wood Hilux one should be. Look, it's a, it's a great truck that's aged very well. That's something that everybody everybody can agree. Andrew, on. I feel like you. I feel like you just threw Dave under the bus there on the edit front, like Jenny Mickler style. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mickey, like, the uh, Mickey Calls bus still got still got tire tracks across it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, Dave. So it's a shame. It's a pretty much. It's a shame Dave fucked up the edit. Mark is really the key takeaway. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I think I, I yeah. thought we cleared it up, but Mark, uh, Mark's listened to the pod. Um, you know, as we know, I don't listen to him afterwards. You know, you just you just cash him in and then move on. But just take, uh, take the yeah, checks. If, if we didn't, yeah. if we didn't clear it up, then apologies, Mark. Thank you for the the thoughtful research. Finally, on the subject of beautiful men, I suggest adding Beaver to the rotation. And introducing a video version of the podcast for when Beaver is on the show. <laughs> fucking surprised, Jesus! Yeah, and we've talked says about would, uh, rotational guests, but we've never actually put it into play, have we? I think a guest Save. would would be a good idea. A guest, either a surprise guest or uh, yeah, someone, someone uh, certainly a fresh format. I think our Asian correspondent would have to be top of the list. He's dumped a bunch of money into this project and he'd probably be expected to be one of the first people he'd be represented. Yeah, yeah. Title sponsor, title sponsor. So probably gets first right of refusal yeah. on that. We just got to get it through the, uh, get it through the great firewall of China, given that he's That's based in Hong Kong and it's hard to, hard to know what if our razor sharp uh, content would make it through to the, the real time editing system that they, they certainly have. It's so funny that, too, that the that first topic he, uh, he proposed was, um, a 15-minute bit on the triumph of the People's Republic over <laughs> over the uh, the infidels in the United States. I'm like, what's that got to do with the podcast? You know what I mean? It was unusual. It was written in a different font as well. It was something I interesting. Know. I mean, <laughs> why? why? Right. It, it was it was out anyway. of step with the rest of the message. It really was. And then that one-line email he sent a couple of weeks ago that just said, Taiwan, should it be? <laughs> yeah. We should do a segment on funny things that we could say David Valley proposed to talk about on this show because he's actually a Chinese government shill. Yeah. <laughs> he's a Peter Schiller. You know, you say that, but, yeah. you know, Manchurian candidate style, he may be without even realizing it. Yeah. <laughs> he's in that oh, deep. He's, he's like Inception himself and he's in too deep yeah. and he doesn't even he's know what deep. he's doing. He's in yeah, deep. He's, he's, he's go, his go phrase is kegs and cocktails, anyone, boys? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's excellent that's a good impression i've never yeah. heard that before how have you taken this long to, to wheel that out it's perfect oh, oh yeah i've got a bag full of impressions so to, to round this off because we do spend a lot of time in mailbag we need to cover other things a message from the great uh, an unexpected message from the great stephen Derry of all people Far out. Yeah, that is unexpected. I know. I couldn't believe it. I, I didn't so, know. Yeah. Did we even know that anyone outside of the eight guys we know was a listener at no, this he's, stage? He's he, the ninth he, guy. He linked. He, he recently LinkedIn watched me. Me too. So I wonder whether that was related. There you go. There you go. I bet that's related. What was he yeah. researching? I can't remember who these guys are. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which makes you wonder how he found the podcast. If he doesn't remember yeah. us, how on that, earth did he find the podcast? Because no one is constantly looking up ham-related material. Yep. Yeah, it would be amazing if he did find it by coincidence and then realized he knew us. Anyway, he says, firstly, great show. Well done for putting it together. It's great to have some light entertainment. Tuning in to listen to you regale your audience with anecdotes, etc., etc. Definitely helps hold the melancholia at bay in the current plague state of Victoria. Shout out to Mr. Biceps for the recommendation of the show. Okay, so Mr. Biceps told him about the show. Now, now, yeah, right. booster. Yep. yep. Regarding TV shows, says Steve, another good show is The Great on Stan. Very funny. Anybody had exposure to The Great? Do we know much about it? 
Yeah, I think that's about it's like a, a piss take on a Victorian era scenario. Um, like it looks a bit like one of those English like period dramas, but um, it, it obviously is not, and it's funny. So. Right. Well, there, there's a tip yeah. for anyone who's uh, who's on the stand wagon and looking for something uh, new to watch. The Great. Uh, two questions. Yeah, from the Steve. Great is the Great is uh, is excellent. I can I can um, attest to that. But it's uh, it's uh, about it's a it's 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 about Russia, not. Um, Necessarily, uh, like winter England. Or so Sam was like sort of close when he said winter England. Yeah, it's, it's, I it's said period, period, period you know, yeah, period. An example. Oh, show it, show about the Beatles. <laughs> sort of the same, basically. Yeah, yes, pretty I'm much. Right. It didn't happen this year. That's that's my. No, insight. it didn't. Um, yeah. which is, but it's very good. It's very good. Uh, Steve wants to know where Steve do we get the, where do we get the introduction theme from? Did one of you guys strum it out? It sounds a bit homely. Irrelevant question. I guess I'm not even going to respond big, to it. It's no, a big, it's a big topic. I've I've had that question from a few people as well, and just by talking about it. it, they owe us royalties. Obviously, um, yeah, that, that's right. Yeah. That's um, that's why we did it. We played it ourselves. We got the we got the residge on that. <laughs> just so, just yeah, after so, the bit good. you uh, just after the bit you hear finishes, I actually just launched into a face melter, but we had to cut it. Just it wasn't time. just wasn't on brand. Just didn't feel right. It's real. No, 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 yeah. No, no. yeah. Well, so just yeah, to and finish. then John Mellencamp's like, when's my bit going to be in a well? Like, listen, we ran out of time. Mellencamp. John Mellencamp was just playing yeah. rhythm. Yeah. yeah. John Mellencamp yeah. is actually the camp's pseudonym when he visits sex chat rooms. True story. No. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't want people knowing he's the camp, but he can't resist having the word camp in his username. So that was the best uh, option. Uh, he's addicted uh, he to that the name camp. John yeah, Cougar Mellon yeah. Camp with camp in capital yeah. letters, just, just to flag it a little yeah. bit. That's him. Uh, no, so to Anyways, close off Steve D. For Steve D. <laughs> no, he, uh, he has gardening questions now. I know you're an avid gardener. Holy shit. Yeah, okay, Steve. Yeah. Uh, dur- during lockdown, I spent a fair bit of time fixing up the backyard, looking for some advice on how to deal with possums. Okay. Yeah. These gifts from nature, I guess referring to the animals, are progressively consuming my veggie patch and destroying other native flora. Any tips on how to deal with these quote unquote protected species? Yours truly, Steve. He's one of these. Well, I don't know whether you can he? just say quote unquote around the word protected species. They're just protected species. They're it's protected, like how you're not protected. quote unquote allowed to murder someone, right? You know, yeah, you're just yeah, not. Yeah. So yeah, I, I don't I have a lot of good solutions to that. The one thing I will say, funnily enough, I do have some insight. It's not strictly speaking legal, but uh, <laughs> we had a very large pot, sort of a Grecian urn-shaped pot that the lady before us left at the house. There was a solid like five feet tall with a big opening in the top and we're getting rid of it. So I put it next to the fence and what I realised, I found a dead possum in it and I was Ooh. like, oh, I reckon it's walked on the wire above it and it must have got electrocuted as they do sometimes and fallen into it. And I'm like, well, that's gross. So then I took it out. A couple of weeks later, I found two more in there. And I realized that what the pot was actually was an unintentional possum death trap thunderdome. And so they were basically walking along the edge of the fence, standing on the slippery edge of the giant Grecian urn and just falling in there and then not being able to get out because of ceramic, which is actually really awful and something that I would never intentionally put an animal through. But if you're looking for possum tips that are illegal, that would be one way you could deal with it. I then moved it away from the fence because I didn't really want to torture possums, but it turns out that it was very effective at um, at killing them. Yeah. Boy. I mean, but what's the cause of death? I mean, they just starved or something, did they? Yeah. I, I, yeah. yeah, unclear, maybe. Boredom. It's awful. Like I said, I didn't do it intentionally, but yeah, three possums died in this thing before I moved it. Died of shame at doing something so stupid. 
Yeah, shame was <laughs> a part of it, I'm pretty so, sure. So maybe Steve needs to have just a, a scarecrow pot that isn't looks like a pot but isn't, so that if word has travelled amongst the possum community, oh, you, oh, yeah, so you reckon word's got back to them that it's uh, that so intimidated by it. Yeah, so yeah, you're not doing anything yeah, illegal, you're just sort of you're just alluding to something that, that frightens them and then they'll stay away. Um, well, a, similar, you know, so a friend friend of mine who, you know, let's say lives semi-rurally, uh, still swears by the possum trap, which you can do as long as then you then go and release them. And if you, you know, drive far enough away from your house, I guess you could release them somewhere. Uh, but they're very aggressive most of the time after being caught. Did you, uh, maybe maybe it was possum possum euthanasia, Sam. In in your case, maybe they were like, you know, I've got a touch of the Spanish dancer. I'm going to go, but I want to go on my terms. Let's let's use the oh, urn for the yeah. for the thing it's it's meant for. Or they're having death matches, and the loser gets thrown in there. Like they're fighting on the edge of it as a, as a show of uh, strength. And maybe that was that yeah. was all intentional. You took away their only means of electing a leader, and now it's chaos because they don't have any. Any way of doing death matches? Is it an allegory for the US? Is that what we're doing? Right now? <laughs> it feels like it. Yeah. But the, um, it I, like I refer it. to the vat of acid thing. I, I've sort of dropped off the bandwagon of a show called Rick and Morty recently, but they won an Emmy for the vat of acid episode in the current season. Have you guys seen that? Yeah, I've seen. No. It. They um, they invented this. Oh, the, the whole episode is based around argument over whether one of these this Rick guy's ideas was stupid or or, or not stupid. And the idea was they were cornered by some some bad guys, and their their solution to that was to create a fake fake vat of acid, and on the bottom of it there was like an air tank and little hooks for their feet to go under, so they could stay under, and all these different boxes full of skeletons. So their plan was they'd jump in, hook their feet on, and just breathe for as long as they needed to, and then occasionally release bones up to the surface of this green liquid, which was just like cordial. Uh, I just find that idea hilarious. And they also had like backup skeletons for if they threw other stuff in, like rat skeletons and other things just to cover themselves for if anything happened. And uh, Yeah, it was elaborate like most of their plot lines are. Yeah, that one that yeah. one did do it for me. And some of them I just find it's just irritating that he's so much smarter than everybody else and that's the show. But that was uh it was I, I enjoyed the uh, the imagination of coming up with that that system. So I yeah, it's really good. It would work, I'm sure. You know what I wanted to talk about in your wheelhouse, Andrew, and sort of in your wheelhouse to an extent, Sam. I want to talk about technology this week. Yeah. It was uh, it was sparked by I was in a YouTube vortex and something came up on my screen, which was the opening sequence of a show called Beyond Two Thousand. Yeah, we watched those. Yeah, yep. that was an iconic uh, part of a lot of people's childhoods and uh, it started me thinking which of the inventions from beyond 2000 came to be and which of them were just way off i, I didn't do that much research but some of it was right they, they got it right with wearable computers they got it right with uh, with a couple of a couple of key things they got it wrong with the video video compact disc uh, kodak product that they swore was going to take over the world and flying cars which i think everybody got wrong sadly uh but great show did you guys used to watch that when you were kids yeah, I feel yeah. like it was something that they'd put on in the classroom, like as uh, part of science. You're not, you're, you're not, you're not mixing it up with another show, which is but somewhat behind retro the news, cool, BTN. which is the, curi- the cu- you're not mixing up with the Curiosity Show, are you? That's no, the ABC one of the different shows, but yeah, I still feel like I watched Beyond Two Thousand at school in some. You may have. It was it was you, quite you used high to be on like Thursday or Friday night, right? Like, and they used to have the chick. Who's Amanda still a Keller. celebrity now? Yes, yeah. Amanda Keller. That's it. 
Whereas the Curiosity Show was James Valentine, the guy with the triangular face and the glasses uh, on ABC, which was a little bit more, a uh, little bit more education the, skewed. But Beyond Two Thousand was human so fido dido. Yes, <laughs> he was. The interesting thing about Beyond Two Thousand was that that production company stayed alive after that show finished, and they created MythBusters and sold it to Discovery. And uh, so, it was an Australian production company that was ended up being responsible and owning MythBusters. Is that, is that Fremantle Media? Yeah, I think so. It, it wasn't originally called that, but by the time they were doing that, I think it might have been called Fremantle Media. There you yeah, go. But, good on but, but Sam, first question to you on on technology. The go on. Is it true <laughs> that you had a family member who was heavily invested in LaserDisc, and that you've seen LaserDiscs before? Because I'm fascinated by LaserDisc. Yes, um, true. I heavily invested, maybe maybe doing a bit much work, but uh, yes, um, LaserDisc sidebar. The other major failed technology I can think of, Dave, been mini disc, which you had some, which you had a piece of as well, right? Yeah, but, we'll um, come back to yeah, that. My my, uh, my uh, now full time conspiracy theorist. He was into laser discs and I watched them uh, at his at his house. I can't think what movie I watched, but he had laser discs when they were uh, you know, sort of in vogue. So, Andrew, how, did, how does this, not to put you on the spot, but how does this fit in? It was a digital medium that sort of straddled VHS <laughs> before DVD. So it was fully encoded digitally, but it was on a gigantic physical media, the size a record. of a, a record, record, basically. Yeah. And that was just because of the, the storage capacity. They just hadn't gotten to DVDs yet. So to, to store effectively on a CD-type format, the amount of data you needed to produce video, you just had to make the thing much bigger. That big. I mean, it's visually impressive to have basically a compact disc that's the size of a family pizza, which is what, which is what well, they, they were. Still, they still <laughs> say, and I, I feel like I've had a conversation with someone about this recently, they still say that it's the, the premium format. Now, I don't know if that stacks up in terms of quality, but um, there's still a lot of people who are, are, are big proponents of it. Really? I've, I've seen, I reckon the only the only one I ever saw was maybe Blade Runner. I think I saw. Yeah. I saw format. Lord of the Flies, I just remembered. Lord of the Flies, I saw. Right. That's an interesting one. Do you need, do you really need the... The high crisp quality of a laser disc to watch yeah. Lord of the Flies. Yeah, just to, yeah, it was just that really or uh, it was that see or, the cannibalism. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if uh, if also the quality of that was offset by the lack of quality in the televisions. Like, does it matter if you've got something that's as high quality as that was, but you've I mean, got a twelve inch TV? Yeah. yeah, that's a good question. Maybe people used to really pair them the up ranch. With ranch is the ranch is the format monkey uh, amongst uh, us in terms of um, video production. Uh, maybe maybe people used to pair them up with projectors so you could blow it up. To I'm be, sure they did. There's a lot of cockheads out there. Yeah. Uh, the the other thing I know, I would um, argue that um, that early. I'm saying early '90s. Um, early '90s, no one had their t- their TV running through their stereo either. So you're probably playing all of that that crisp, high end fucking Dolby. Through your shit house Seiko speakers mono, or whatever on the TV. Mono speaker. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it confused me when I did a bit of research for this show that one of the selling points of Laserdisc was that it had THX sound. And I always oh, thought yes. that THX was a, I mean, it's, it's based on George Lucas's first film, which is called THX, whatever it was called, about killer robots from the future, which mm-hmm. I'm sure is not a good movie. But I thought it was a cinema certification. Like you had to have a certain 
requirements and then your cinema would be, would be THX, your speaker setup and sound dampening and, and sort of the way you set it up. And then you could be a certified THX. So how you would apply that to a thing that you put on in your home doesn't make any sense to me. But the, the, the thing Maybe about- it was just like THX enabled, which meant if you're at the cinema, you heard it and no one else did. Yeah, yeah, could be, could be. The um, the, the Star Wars connection with um, LaserDisc as well as the people claim the best best version of Star Wars is the LaserDisc edition because it's digital and it has a couple of tiny changes from the originals, but none of the ridiculous changes that started to be added yes. until it just or the, became or the, or stupid. Or the, or the Greedo problem, probably. We're really, yeah, shout really... Out, shout out, Nick. Yeah, we're really, really... Stepping all over the ranch's fucking hidden zone here with like theater speaker setups and things. You know what? You should have been here. That's 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 the price you pay to quote quote a famous oh, quote. Yeah, yeah, it's the price you pay. Yeah, price you pay. But uh, no, if there's any laser disc enthusiasts or people who can correct us on that, just write right to the show. Getting um, your ranch is gonna have to mail into the mailbag just to get his fucking two cents worth. <laughs> that's how he gets back onto the show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, you reckon he's gone back to Bush League and to get back up to the majors, he's got to impress us with a sassy email. <laughs> yeah, and then we'll have a committee he's meeting to see if he's on, back in. He had to spend two weeks on Johnny Max from VFL podcast before he gets back up in the pit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think of a funny name for his podcast and I couldn't get one. Couldn't get one off the top of my head. I was thinking of Stacks yeah, yeah. of Max or <laughs> yeah. Mac Attack. I was, I, thinking, really good. I was thinking Ranch Rules. Oh, Johnny, uh, Johnny M***'s um, football podcast. Yeah, spin-off, yeah. yeah. Could have been called sister, I Regret Playing pod. Hockey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's called The Round Ball Game. No, the other one. No, no, not that one either. Yeah. The other one. The shit not, the one. one. <laughs> not the one where the ball's made out of concrete. The Round Ball Game, <laughs> asterisk. regrets asterisk it's a shit sport that i just didn't realize at the time (laughs) field field hockey it's terrible sport asterisk modgrass and you with johnny mac yeah (laughs) moods (laughs) knee burns and sore back from bending over whilst running dot com yeah yeah P.S. Only left-handed sticks or right-handed sticks or whatever the thing was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, See, so yeah, hockey okay. fans, uh, please write in with a spirit of defence of your hockey <laughs> if you think we're being unfair right now. <laughs> Looking at you here, buddy. We think we are being fair. But Sam, no, you pointed out something accurate before. Mini disc. Yes, I was heavily invested in, in mini disc. I ended up regretting that. It was an expensive and short-lived technology. <laughs> At the time, I mean, at the time, it was, it was good. It was good. I mean, it, it was, was a good. Re- it's basically a recordable CD that was the size of a, like a flattened out box of matches almost. Like it was a very small. Um, it didn't skip. I was, I was laughing. Do you remember that brief window of time where people thought you could go running with a discman? <laughs> I, I don't. I don't remember a time where I knew people who thought that. I don't think maybe maybe it was talked well, about. Well, I I remember trying it. I remember when the the Walkman was no longer cool enough, and see everyone had CDs, and you wanted to have music. The Discman, whilst going for a run, was sort of the best you thought anyway, the best option. But then it wasn't because they would just skip within six seconds of you starting to run. Or you had the twenty-second skip delay model, which doesn't solve the problem either. It just takes a little longer until it fucks up. Twenty-one <laughs> yeah. seconds into your run, you're fucked. Yeah. Instead of yeah. seven seconds, it's just 20, 20 seconds. But a mini disc 
yeah, I had a, I had a shelf system that had mini disc in it as well. So I've got recordings off like the radio, but in good quality because it's on mini disc. I remember you had you had it in the Europe trip, Dave. You had the mini disc player. Yeah, I did. I did. And you had to input the track. You could input the track titles manually using like the little stick remote control that was halfway along the cable. And yeah. that was an excruciating process. But if you did it, you could have song names as well. So it was, it was worth the seven hours it took to, to type in one thing by, you know, U2. Um, I mean, it was, the, it was effectively the audio equivalent of that uh aps film technology remember those cameras sam i, I had that too having one of those? yeah <laughs> i reckon i reckon they yeah i did i was all in on those and they, they worked well for me actually like we can't compare with digital really but they were good but um i feel like they were more mainstream i could be wrong by the way but i feel like they were more mainstream and lasted longer than mini disc where like i think dave you're the only one i know who knew how to mini disc but i feel like those aps cameras were fairly common for a while anyway i don't know i, I agree I agree. I think the point of entry was a bit lower. Like it became mainstream and comparatively priced, whereas mini disc just never came down in price. So if you wanted it, you had to really shell out. Whereas APS, I think, was you were kind of choosing A or B, right? Um, Weird too, Dave. I feel like here. was it was it overtaken by? Was there not a, like a lag between mini disc kind of dying out and MP3 players becoming a thing? Like was it killed by the iPod? Or was well, yes. I feel like it was dead by the mid to late and well, by the late nineties. iPod wasn't in until like two thousand four or something, right? It was killed by the early MP3 players, which were not good, but it it, it showed right. what was possible. Like it was yeah, a smaller size. It was you know the potential of large amounts of storage, and it was just the user experience sucked until Apple worked out how to do it. But the writing was on the wall, I think, when that happened. And some yeah. of the things were, were pretty bad, like the fact that you had to manually input letters using like a single click system. And, you know, that's... Uh, yeah, it's it, not good. DJs used them a lot um, to record their sets and stuff like that. Um, I actually had I had one album. There's a very brief, glorious time where you could buy albums on Minidisc. And I, I bought... I have a copy of uh, Blood Sugar Sex Magic by the Red Hot Chili Peppers on... On mini disc, still got that. Are you sure? I don't think Dave, so. Are you sure? Oh, are you sure you don't have more than that? I swear, based on the Europe trip, that you also had um, Metallica, like the S and M album that they did. No, I didn't that? have it. Yeah, I, I remember really? the album, but no, I didn't. I, I, I did buy in London the the, the mini disc of the Chili Peppers one because I'd never seen one before. I, you you just bought blank ones, and then I saw like Virgin Music or something in London had a tiny little section of mini disc so i, I, yeah, I might awesome. still have it might still have it in melbourne maybe maybe you just made an album of all those songs and i assumed it was the album but it was actually a made a homemade one yeah it was a homemade one which i would have manually inputted every yeah, letter okay. of every song title so that it came up on the screen that's, and uh, you played it that's uh that's excruciating like you said <laughs> yeah 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 it was but uh, no that was that was an investment that didn't pay i believe would was invested in mini discs as well, but we were the only two. Yeah, you lost a bath on that. He, um, he used to ship them over in inside the the fuselage of jet skis. Oh, <laughs> jeez. Uh, no, I, I do. I don't. I don't regret it. But I, uh, yeah, no. It was in hindsight, it was a mistake. Unfortunately, fucking made a, a solid decision, or maybe just laziness might have played a part of skipping mini discs. And I ended up with a uh, one of the early Rio edition um, MP3 players. I remember uh, those. Yeah, yeah. They, again, like you say, they weren't great, but at the very least, they um, they didn't completely go the way of the dodo like mini discs did. And MP3 players, you know, lasted at least a while before decent internet took over, and, and then you can just stream everything. But were well, you were yeah. the first person who had 
two things. A, a large capacity iPod. You had a, a large iPod with heaps of storage on it. And secondly, you had like the full, complete Pearl Jam discography on an iPod. Is that is that is that correct? I remember you, you asking if I was the first person on the planet to with either of those things. It's probably a stretch. I mean, Jobsy and I, we were tight, <laughs> but we didn't share tech the way we. You, some people think we did. No, I well, I did a couple of things. First of all, you you had one of the really early edition iPods. I remember that, um, and that was before I bought one. Well, Ranch but went I before me. He had one with the red oh, four buttons above the wheel. Ah, uh, yes, yeah, the, the yes, real originals. Ranch had Jeez, that. that wow. I hope he still yeah. got that. Well, I, I, the first one I bought, I just went the biggest one every time, and then I ended up with one of the one sixties, and then they stopped making those. But then I, um, I bought a mod kit online, where you could replace the spinning hard disk inside with a with an SD card. So you take you nice. know, rewire a bunch of the inside stuff, and you just put the solid state in there because then the the hard drive you know would fail after a period of time. Like hard drives are, are finicky at the best of times. And we occasionally You're telling me early, early iPod, iPods were not solid state hard drive? No. No, they were tiny. They were miniature hard drives, spinning discs. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. I think the whole product came about because they obtained special access to these drives from Panasonic and it was this unusual product that no one else had any interest in. And they, yeah, they said, super well, thin. you make super enough thin. of those and we think we've got a product for it. But no one had seen there being a use for that type of drive. Um, but no solid states, obviously that's the way to do it. But, uh, yeah, no, it was, it was a struggle. We, we, we didn't know any better though, did we? We thought this was, this was as good as it gets, you know, we didn't know what we were missing out on. You know, kids today, obviously very lucky. They have access to all sorts of cool shit. It's actually, yeah, yeah. It's actually a big shame, uh, Dave. Well, it's pros and cons. It's, uh, it's, you know, the, um, the, the many hours of footage we have from Europe and summer and all that, that I conned everyone out of giving money, money for, and then never did anything <laughs> with, you know, that. Yeah. So on one hand, um, it's good that um, I'm a good guy um, and, a, and a technology thought leader. And I, and I took that camera on the Europe trip and did all that filming. True. Uh, yes. Plus you did a lot as well, Dave. On the other hand, it's a shame that we missed digital by like five years, because if we had have been filming that stuff in like 2005 or 2010, instead of 99, 2000, you wouldn't have those like sort of shitty tapes that then you had to transfer the degraded and, at least yeah. we've got the stuff and it's fine, but you film that in 2010, it looked the same now, you know? Yeah. Eight, eight mil video is the worst of all worlds. It's, it's not film and it's totally not digital and it's really bad in low light. And your, your camera was good yeah. and you got good results out of it. All things considered. And at least we, at least we got it five years before that. We wouldn't have had a video camera at all, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's true. Yeah. you get some, yeah. I don't think anyone's nostalgic for that era because it just, it's fine, but like film is film and, and people love it and digital is digital. And this was, yeah, this was neither, but we had two, two things, very visionary of you to take that on the trip. Camera box you have might've been from a camera I bought on, it wasn't eBay, but it wasn't the trading post. It might've been like solds.com or one of those short lived uh, e-commerce mm -hmm. retail sites. Bought a video camera from a guy in Perth. He sent it over with five tapes and I looked at them just, just um, you know, just for the sake of looking at it. And that one of them had porn on it, homemade porn. I don't remember Incredible. that story. Yep, homemade porn. And then the other ones were a bit creepy. Like it, I, like it was sort of like casing houses and stuff. Like it was like exterior footage of houses and places. You reckon, um, 
you reckon he found it hot to know that you were looking at that and finding it creepy? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It might be why he did it. It might be, yeah. Yeah. This, so, yeah, this piss ant's going to love this shit. Yeah, watch my <laughs> weird tape. Yeah. Is that something? He somehow I knew that I, I wasn't strong yeah, before he even yeah, told it to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could tell by the way you were writing your uh, questions about the uh, about the goods. Um, when when we moved uh, when we moved a house a few years ago, you know, you move in and we we're cleaning out the cupboards and um, open one of the cupboards to clean it out in one of the uh, kids' bedrooms, and in there is a box of stuff, and in it there's a few photos, and flick through them, someone's left them there, the previous you know tenants or whatever. And one of them is just a photo of this guy just just stepping out of the shower with just his bare cock out. <laughs> just just um just left that photo dangling around the house, have you, mate? Yeah. No, bravo. Good stuff. What what era was it? Was it a recent photo? Was it vintage? Would have been like mid nineties, I reckon. No, no, no. It was like it wasn't that old. Um yeah, it was just a just a guy stepping out of a shower curtain with his cock. <laughs> I wonder what the privacy laws would be around, you know, scanning that and sharing it online to see if you could track the guy down. I guess you probably can't do that. Good question. That's I've the, got it. But that's anyway, the way you do it. it. You scan yeah, the in, cock and see. Do you want to recognize this? Great. <laughs> hot cock. Let's get right onto that. I, um, I, 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 uh, I reckon I probably took a photo. So I've probably got a digital copy at hand. So I'll try and find that. But in answer to your other question, Sam, about on that. <laughs> yeah. has anyone seen this this cock Andrew has? Has anyone got that? Um, not not his. Your... A picture of another cock. Yeah, stick it up yeah. on a light pole around town. By the way, nature strip uh, in the pantheon of, of things that we say that we don't realise are ridiculous and silly because we're used to them, but just an absolutely absurd way to describe the grass out the front of your house. Think about it for a moment. Just pause and think about that. But so, that you know title? the key, you know the Kiwi version that fucking famously the Green, green Verge. It's green called the Green Verge, Verge. Yeah. is it? Yep, Green Verge. Yes. Yeah. And, yes. and uh, yeah, yeah. What's the, the other the yeah. other famous Kiwi one? And by the way, I'm always happy to shift gears in one New Zealand is stupid into in one New Zealand is stupid is um is the old um speed humps, jatter bars. Yep. Really. Yeah. Yep. Or uh, for Esky. Esky, classic. Oh, this, one. this is oh, the yeah. best, best ever, yeah. best ever. The yeah. chili, chili bin. Yeah, the chili bin, which is more descriptive <laughs> than Esky. I mean, if you didn't know that, would oh be yeah, more it's just it's not it's just not word. branded. I mean, the, the US is the the worst place for you know just picking the first decent brand that came out with the item and then now calling it from that from now yeah. on like photocopying. Mm-hmm. They call it xeroxing, all those kind of things. But yeah, we've yeah. taken Esky and just run with it, which is probably fair enough to, to the Yeah, we've got, uh, they got cooler though for Esky. Although we, I'll tell you one that I didn't realize we had here was um, Gladwrap. That's basically, that's that's branded code for, an, for a product. Wrap is what, yeah, or even Saran Wrap, some people call it. Saran Wrap, but I think, yeah. isn't that a brand? I haven't heard of that. Uh, I have, I, I don't know. I, I, a cling Wrap is probably the most generic actual that's the American descriptor one. of cling, the product. Cling. Cling film. Blue tack. Blue tack is the other one. Blue tack's yeah. the same. Yeah. On nature strips, what do Americans call nature strips? If we call them nature strips and Kiwis call um, them whatever they call death them. barricades. Um, or yeah. you're on my fucking property, fuck off. Yeah. Uh, I I'm trying to think what they do call them. They call it like the sidewalk. I'm trying to think what they call the grass, but I'm not sure that I even know. 
Sam, that's a good question, Dave. The, I'm going to investigate that. Is it, what, what sort of nature strips did they have in a neighbourhood where you interrupted an armed robbery when you lived in America? <laughs> Can you remember? I feel like that should be something that is immediately in my mind when you mention it. Um, but Can you but tell us a little not. bit about how that went down? I think, you're, I, think I know what you're talking about. There's um, a bag-snatching scenario and you intervened oh, yeah, so, heroically. So what, yeah, it was it was heroic actually. It was actually in Canada. I was in Montreal, and Jane and I were walking up a hill, and I heard this noise, and I'm like, "That sounds like a snowball hitting a, a wall," which is weird because there was no snow. And then we kept walking, and then I sort of was like, "That's weird." I look back around the corner, and these guys had just smashed the back window of a car and just like pulled a briefcase out, basically. And I was just like, "Oh yeah," and I was think I was just like, "I'm not. I'm just not getting involved in this." Right, so we sort of just kept walking, but then we turned around, and the, and the man, the Frenchman, or well, the French Canadian man, had come out of his um, restaurant that he'd been. He'd obviously seen this, and it was obviously his car, and he was like, just sort Sacre of like, yeah, oh, I got that word. You know, he was French, so he's like trying to like just like sort of half fight the guy, but didn't really know what to do. He's really just sort of pushing him and yelling at him and the guy's just like whatever and sort of just shrugs him off and this guy sort of just lets him run and I guess like calls the police so this guy's like running towards us this is probably 40 meters away this sort of these two dudes but one of them's on the footpath running towards Jane and I and I was just like oh fuck and I'm thinking I'm just gonna let I'm just don't want to get involved in this whole business only a bag anyway and then um for some reason just as he got to me I was like no nah, I will and I just like Lee Matthews style <laughs> shirt front of this guy who was looking in the other direction and at full stride and he just like fl- flew off as you do and he just flew off and it hit him much harder than I really expected and he flew off and slammed into the front of a car that was parked there and then onto like the cobblestones and I remember Jane was just like Sam and I was like I fucking killed him he might be dead because he was like an older guy, I actually thought it fucking crushed this guy full stride, looking in the other direction. Like, um, I mean, you're, and then yeah, what happened? You're, you're, a, you're a mechanism. I mean, that's your, just your training kicking in. All of that know, method acting you did for that part on Stingers just fucking <laughs> kicks in. In the, I mean, Nick Tomlins is going to be fucking frothing with this bit. Yeah. He's going to be. I tell you what, though, a, it backfired when I tried to arrest him, and then I remember I'm not actually a policeman. Or an orderly, um, nah, for that matter. Yeah. Follow-up follow question. How certain are you yeah. in the aftermath of what happened that you didn't get Patrick Swayze's uh, ghost style and that you're actually not alive anymore? Because isn't that what happens well, in those situations? Six, you, you run after the guy. Fuck, that's a, that's a thought that's going to fester. <laughs> I wonder why Jane never talks to me anymore. Yeah, um, would, it, would, yeah, would, nah, a, would, and, a, would a ghost have that haircut, Dave? I mean, that's my question. <laughs> I did watch Ghost recently. That's why it was on my mind. I tell you, was it? I tell you, one, I tell you one other note. Uh, one other note that I remember: as this guy hit the, the cobblestones, and I was starting to picture myself trying to get to the Australian embassy before I get picked up by the cops. <laughs> he he literally just sprung change like a broken poker machine in Las Vegas. Just change flew out of him like ging, 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 like everywhere. Like his pockets <laughs> must have been jammed full of five cent coins, which was comical. <laughs> But um, I should have robbed him at that point. But I just was like, let's go because I don't want to have to do police reports and stuff like that. So we just got out of there and that was that. So, yeah. 
amazing amazing story yeah i know it was a random reference to ghosts there that wasn't didn't quite work the way i expected to but i did rewatch that recently as a rewatch it's pretty good it was it was crazy yeah the other guy is just sexual creepy per the uh per the rewatchables that we recently did a shout out to you for how um how sexual (laughs) is that um clay clay modeling on the turntable thing in terms yeah. of just like you may as well just have actual pornography. It's that like sexual. <laughs> it's heated. Yeah. yeah. They they were onto something with the women want Patrick Swayze just just let him cook. You know, that was that was the thing for several movies in a row. And it was it was an effective effective tactic. Especially after Roadhouse where he just roundhouse kicked twenty seven guys in the face in a row. Like after the fifteenth <laughs> roundhouse kick, surely they saw it coming. You know? I like a movie that's based on one one particular thing. I remember being a dad a movie idea. It was just all back punches. Just, just people coming up behind you and you back punching them. <laughs> Which uh, I guess is pretty similar to kick punching. Yeah, you put Swayze in that and he's, um, he's going to hit that note. Done. Actually, you know, Dave, in our community, you know, community how they had kick punching too, the kicking. <laughs> in, um, in, in Shits Creek, which I mentioned last week, um, the chicks in um, The Crow 3, The Crowning. <laughs> oh yeah i'm not up yeah. to that bit yet but good to know yeah. rip brandon lee excellent excellent show yeah. uh the shit's creek i guess you know that the emmys would suggest that i'm not the first person to to work that out but it's uh last no, you're, season you're dead touching. right last season really? touching really mm-hmm. now enjoy mm-hmm. the, the the tone of it and that the sun has sort of like zoned in on a type of comedy that's a bit unusual like it shouldn't be it doesn't seem that different to what other people have done but his way of reacting to things is kind of unique. Um, yeah. I, I also, I find funny gay men to be the height of funniness. I really do. Now the episode yeah. I just watched had uh, Eugene Levy, who <laughs> I, I think he's, he's being not Eugene Levy, which I think is impressive. He's being funny, but kind of not being that guy who's goofy. Yeah. But the kid loaned him money in the car and then he goes to hug him, but he keeps getting stopped by the seatbelt, by the auto lock <laughs> mechanism on the seatbelt. Yeah, it's just there's a lot ex- of stuff like that. Excellent physical comedy. Actually, the way a, he played is the, excellent. The daughter in it, Andrew, in one of the late seasons, um, auditions for something. And so as part of her audition, she goes, Look, I've already done a fair bit of dancing and singing. I, I used to have my own reality show after all. And then they show a clip from her reality show called A Little Bit of Alexis. And I've got to send you the clip. It's the most quintessential Samuel and Andrew dancing, like uh, like you you would you. It's so funny. It's really good. Uh, no, the two thumbs up to to Shit's Creek. It's excellent. Um, you you tipped that season three or four was the starting point. I went a little earlier and started at season two. But have you guys got any tips for kids television that isn't terrible for adults? Because I'm a bit stuck in a vortex of Coco Melon, which is. Oh, it's fucking excruciating. Irritating music sung in Bluey. a different melody. Oh, Bluey. Bluey Bluey's Bluey, a good Bluey. One. I like Bluey. Yep. That's a good tip. Yep. But, but Cocomelon, I've got to get rid of it. It's it's too much. The, what about, um, Bluey, what about, Bluey might um, be the answer. I like Hey, hey Dougie. Dougie, I, I, yeah. I like as well. It's funny. Yeah. But a five, I've got to tell you, having with a five-year-old, I don't think she gives a fuck about Dougie, does she? I, I, She's probably just out of Dougie uh, no. territory. She did love Dougie, but I, I like, like just out. Hey, Dougie's so stylized. I like the art direction of it. Like, it's quite watchable. Again, yeah. what, what, why are you watching it with him? The whole point of us flinging shit to um, the kids on the TV is to shut them up and keep them quiet off to the side. Dave, uh, yeah, Andrew, I'm but sorry, not everyone lives in a night. 
not everyone lives in a nine-bedroom house in Brighton, Andrew. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, so we're often in the same room fucking, as the kids. I can't yeah, punch them to the south wing. Fucking you know what I mean? sake. Think you're, think you're better than me? Uh, this is where we bring up episode one of the podcast where Andrew talks about it's okay to have seven different dining rooms. That that actually happened on this podcast. He said that. Yeah, but that was a fucking... It was joking about you, about the size of your house and the problem you had at the time. Nothing to do with anything else. I can give you a list of 50 fucking shows that these idiots watch on a daily basis, Dave, uh, and you can go nuts. They're all on Netflix. Yeah, I'll read through their... their like continue watching section, which is, you know, if anyone knows Netflix, it's the shit that they're halfway through or like mid season of. So we've got from left to right, Babysitter's Club, Sing On, Last Airbender, Glitter Force, Captain Underpants, the the series, Glitter Force, Doki Doki, which I guess is a fucking offspin of Glitter Force, Avatar, True in the Rainbow Kingdom, fucking Miraculous Ladybird, Easy's Koala World, Minecraft Story Mode, Lego City, Fucking the list goes on and on and gone. I could just fucking print these out for you. I want to hear more about Glitter Force. Given the Netflix <laughs> fucking algorithm. Yeah, Glitter Force. Yeah. Are you regretting um, not Diego, having separate Boss accounts? Boss Baby back in business. Sorry? No, we've got yeah. a single account, but you can just set up users. And so the yeah, kids yeah. just go across to their user. But and, Dave, um, there's a lot. Of, I don't know if you've noticed this, but quite, there's quite a few shows there, including Boss Baby. There's a Bear Grylls one. There's a Minecraft one where the kids can choose their own adventure. Yeah. Mm. That's excellent. So yeah, and it says in, you can tell because it says interactive on the front. The kids, yeah. the kids are just like mind blown by that. Then they use all the options eventually, but they're good for. They'll keep them busy for a bit. You dress yeah. like Davy fucking Crockett for some reason. What's going on? Yeah, yeah. I was wondering how long it'd take you to ask me about that. <laughs> it's all just a ruse. He's pretending that the possum trap is gone, but in actual fact, it's just in full operation. It's it's it's, uh, it's the same side hustle as making I, possum. I describe it as a uh, as a possum death camp. Speaking of things that are over, the school schooling from home almost over. Um, when do school holidays end? And what does that mean for when kids go back to school in Melbourne? Andy. Oh, Andy. Um, so school holidays, uh, I guess, depending on your school, uh, mostly finished this week. And then there's a week of like, teacher prep or, or some shit, uh, which is frustrating beyond belief. Because uh, you think... Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, they'd just be able to walk back yes. into the fucking classroom because, you know, they've been you know, prepping for this for, for months and months. So yeah, it's um, infuriating that there's a week gap, but it, it is what it is. Take the week gap, whatever, uh, and then get them back into the classrooms the week after. So yeah, it's a, it's a small win. We'll take a small win at this point. Well, that's good. And you've got, what else has changed? So you've got playgrounds are obviously open. So that's one other win for kids. Other changes? Yeah, playgrounds opened. Yeah, playgrounds opened actually. They brought the, the next deadline for the week, which is quite, Fairly significant. So instead of it being four weeks away, it's only three weeks away. And um, curfew's gone as of last night, which I'm not sure, again, it changes anything substantially for most of us. But psychologically, it's big for me. I just, it was one of the things that really bothered me. The 5K limit's still there, which I really don't like. So I'm looking forward to that going away soon, hopefully. So the curfew seems to only be meaningful if it also is attached to the 5k thing. Cause you're still stuck in the same radius. You can just go out at 11 PM. So is that, yeah, it's maybe not that much better. I think the, the curfew no. only and, and the 5k really only matter if there's somewhere for you to go. So considering yeah. we're still not allowed to actually go to other people's houses or shops be mainly open. 
the, whether the curfew or the fucking 5k thing have it doesn't really help anything you need all of those facilities to be open so you can go further than 5k's or after 9pm to, to yeah. utilize them in some way seems like it seems like all going well based on current trajectory on october whatever it is 17 or something um we would we would go back to a, a pretty ma- a much less in i don't know it'd be it feels like it'd be more like reasonably normal you know like shops will start to open and stuff like that so that'd be nice Yes, that will be a big deal. And I guess the weather's getting better too, which probably helps lift yes. the mood. And it's better to be outside, um, you know, than it was because you were not in the throes of winter anymore. Right. Well, that's good. We're all very hopeful that, um, that it keeps going in the right direction. It's going the opposite direction here. So that's making me a little nervous. Um, how people... bad though? Like how many cases a day again, sort of thing? Oh, countrywide, it's about sort of between 60 and 90. And in Oslo, which bear in mind is not just a city, it's also a sort of a state. Um, it's about 30 cases a day at the moment, right. which uh, which is going to lead to some changes if it doesn't turn around pretty quickly. But I'm, I'm nervous that people are not taking it all that seriously. Um, you're supposed to wear masks on public transport and no one does, which is surprising. Usually I would have expected the people here to be pretty law-abiding, but people just aren't. And it's also a bus strike. So if you are taking public transport, you're suddenly on other forms of transport and they're twice as crowded because the bus drivers want more money, which... Uh, you get is, into this annoying thing um, yeah. that, that we had in the first quarantine where the government encourages you to do things, but they're not mandated. And what you find is that you just can't expect people to do stuff just to be good blokes. Mm. And so they'd have this thing where they'd be like, all right, beaches are not shut. And then a billion people would go to the beach and then they'd be like, it was ridiculous how many people went to the beach on the weekend. Absolutely ridiculous. And you're like, then you're allowed to go. You can't tell people they can do stuff and then be outraged when they do stuff. And so it's really, it gets really annoying because the front page of the paper every day is like sanity. Um, so yeah, like you just, it ends up almost being better if they just like clamp down on it and make it clear and everyone knows the rules rather than just keep, with this naive thing about like you shouldn't drink drive and then be surprised when people drink drive. Like we have rules for a reason, you know? I wonder what the, the grounding or the reason is for that. I guess it's like a civil liberty, civil liberties thing that governments don't want to do it. Right. It's not a good look, but yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not advocating the, the sort of shit they do either, but if you're going to end up going there, you may as well just go there instead of feigning a rage. Every time people do things, you've just told them they're allowed to do. You know? Yeah. yeah. But I think what this has shown us, and we, we knew this already, but once a group gets larger in size than about four people, you cannot rely on a group of people to just, quote unquote, do the right thing. It just doesn't, doesn't happen. Um, so I, I'm, I'm more in favor of saying you should be prescriptive with this is in, this is out, rather than this is what we recommend. Because yeah. you may as well not recommend something because people just aren't going to take it seriously. Uh, grand finals coming up and i reckon um it's unclear what the pub rule will be for that but interesting one for the government if you people are inevitably inevitably going to catch up to watch that and so in my view they would be much red much better to go slightly softer on pubs and let more people go to pubs because in pubs and in public in australia anyway people have primarily done the right things and they can be monitored in a pub situation people have this sort of social responsibility but the evidence would suggest that if you have 10 people around your house, no one gives a fuck, no one wears a mask, no one makes any effort at all. 
And so in a way, like letting people catch up publicly in bigger groups may actually be a more effective way to manage it than than keeping it draconian and knowing people are going to break the rules anyway, potentially. So that'll be an interesting one. Thank you to Sam. Thank you to Andrew for another eventful, action-packed Dick and Ham show. We'll be back next week where we see if Boots and Ranch earn their spots back or whether they have to earn it by going through the lower ranks. Thank you again to our sponsors and we'll see you next week.